Welcome to Boomerang Church this morning. Hope you all survived your weekend okay. I know we, we barely did, and the leadership team barely did. But uh, welcome to everybody who's here. Welcome to everybody who's watching online. This is our uh, class, Coffee and Conversate, or Coffee, 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 Class, Conversate, however you want to. Yeah, however you want to make that arrangement is fine with us. So um, before we get started, um, we've had sort of a little hiccup in the schedule, and I, I wasn't really aware that I was going to be teaching this morning. My fault, I'll take that on my shoulders, my fault. Um, so I just want to use that as an opportunity to mention to you that this is not difficult. So you do not need a PhD in theology to teach this little class. We have the lesson plans already laid out, and if you can read and you're solid in your foundation with Christ, then you can probably teach a class. So if you feel an inclination and there's a topic that you know, interests you or you have an urge to maybe share and teach a little bit, then approach one of the leadership team or pastor or Nicole and, and ask them about that, and we can uh, set you on that path. So I'll show you how easy this is. Today's lesson is uh, from uh, actually Don Crow, uh, part of the Andrew Womack Ministries, and it's God's Kind of Love Part two. So Nicole did part one of God's kind of love. Yes. Okay. So we're going to do part two today. And there's some good stuff in here. So I read this over very quickly. Uh, but let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer first before we open up because I'm probably going to need his help this morning as I'm sure we all do. Lord, we just thank you this morning for a beautiful and glorious day. We thank you for the gathering that we have here and your anointing on this place and on the people of this place. We just ask that you work your miracles in this place this morning. Give us a, a fertile heart and an open mind and just help your anointing flow and your Holy Spirit just flow here in this building this morning. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, God's kind of love part two. Don't go blank. Jesus Christ was the greatest expression of love that ever came on the face of the earth. I think that goes without dispute. Yet, as far as it is recorded in the Bible, he never said the words, I love you. I didn't know that. I would have said that's not true. If someone had dared me on a bet, I would have said that's not true. But isn't that amazing? The greatest expression of love never said, I love you. Do you know why? Yeah, so there's the word, the magic word. It's an action. It's because love is more than words. It is action. And suppose I said to my wife, I love you. And then I go out and I commit adultery. Um, would she believe my words or would she believe my actions? Yeah, after she punched me, she might consider believing me again, right? She'd believe me according to my actions because 95% of love is nonverbal. 95% of love is nonverbal. It's not in the things you say, it's in the things that you do. So, um, if you believe that the Holy Spirit kind of weaves things together in your life for a purpose, Tara and I were talking about this very subject uh, maybe a week or so ago, uh, and there was a, a preacher named Charles Stanley, and I'm sure most people are familiar with him, he's got a huge television ministry. He did a little exercise that blew me away. This is before I was saved. And so I went like this. On the count of three, I'm going to clap my hands, and I want everybody to follow. So let's, let's try that this morning. I'll count to three, we'll clap our hands. On the count of three, clap your hands. Everybody do follow me. Ready? One, two, three. Y'all, y'all did okay. But in, in his example, everybody clapped when he clapped. And so on the count of three, what he said was on the count of three, clap. And he clapped after the count of three. So he basically told everybody, you failed. 
Because people typically see with their eyes, they'll do what they see rather than what they hear. And so it's a great exercise because that's true with everything we do. People are watching you, everything that you do, not what you're saying. So 95% of what you do is mimic, not what you're saying. Uh, keep that in mind with, with politics as well. <laughs> Don't listen to what a politician says. Look at what they do. Okay, so in 1 John 3.18, we read, Let us not love in word, neither in tongue. Let us not love just with the words of our mouth. That's what that means. But in deed and in truth. Love is an action word. In Matthew 25, verse 35 through 36, Jesus describes love by the actions that it prompts, saying, I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and without any clothing, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you cared for me. Then in verse 40, he says, By doing this to the least of my brethren, you have done this to me. You see, love is an action. It's something you do. In Hebrews 6, verse 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continued to help them. In Matthew 22, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said, it is to love God and to love our fellow men. And you'll recall several months ago, the, the, the leadership team did a whole series or a whole uh, uh, evening on love God, love your neighbor. There's a lot of good stuff that came out of that. And if you don't, haven't seen that, you can go to the archives on our website and view that. Um, these two commandments are really one, if understood correctly. When you show love to the least of my brethren, Jesus said, you are actually showing it to him. The Bible is teaching that we have a wonderful opportunity to love Jesus Christ in practical ways by loving others. And so... Um, we, we did a, a leadership meeting here this weekend, and, and one of the things that came out of that was that we as a church, as Boomerang Church, value very highly serving and loving on our community. And why is that? Because anybody can just preach from the Bible. That, it's really it's just words. Preaching is just hollow words. This is the easiest part of church right here. Getting up here and speaking words is the easiest part. Out on the street, showing that love, demonstrating that love of Christ to people who don't really deserve it or maybe don't even want it, that's the hard part. And that's why we stand in that gap. Because we're not all about words. We're, we're all about action. It's not easy. But that's why it's important to be here and learn and understand and grow in your faith. Because that's what it's for. It's when you go out there to yeah. use, and use what you've learned here to love on people and demonstrate the love of Christ. In the last session, I, this is Don Crow speaking, told about the Romanians that I met in a park. Their lives were changed because I sought their welfare and benefit regardless of how I felt. They were a different color and nationality, but I knew that God's love expresses itself when we reach out and seek the welfare and the benefit of others like Jesus did. He didn't feel like going to the cross. He said, Father, if there's any other way, but let it be, yet not my will, but your will be done. So basically, he put himself down and let God rule his hand whatever whatever he wanted to do 
That's, that's servitude to the utmost. And I know I'm not there yet, so that's why I come to church every Sunday. Jesus sought our welfare and benefit regardless of how he felt. So one day, I got a call from the Romanians, and they were in tears. They had been in the United States for seven and a half years, and they now lived in Kansas and were working, and they said, we finally got a ruling on our political asylum papers. They were seeking asylum in the United States. They're giving us 30 days to make an appeal, and then we're going to be deported. And there's normally only a 2 or 5% chance of ever getting political asylum in this country. The Romanians went to a lawyer, and he basically said they did not have a chance. So I told them we would pray and try to help them. How? I didn't know. And that's another part of what we do. We try to help people. We don't always know how we're going to be able to do it. And that's where faith and trust in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will work things together for good. He will. So he's going into this thing blind, not knowing. Big question mark. I'm going to help you. I just don't know how. So he's exercising some faith here. A friend of mine called our Colorado congressman who said to contact Senator Sam Brownback in Kansas, since the Romanians now lived in Kansas. There was a, this was great because I had a friend named Kim who worked for Senator Brownback. I contacted Kim and she got four people in Washington, D.C. working on this case. The, con uh, the community in Sublette, Kansas, got behind the Romanians with a petition of signatures stating that they wanted the Romanians to stay here. They're good people, they pay taxes, and they work hard. We want them here. There was a full coverage newspaper article about what had happened, and it was a miracle. And because there were high officials in our government who understood what was going on, the Romanians got a letter saying that the decision was reversed and they could stay in the United States. I went to Sublette, Kansas. My friends didn't know that I was coming, and when I got there, they were on the phone thanking Senator Brownback for helping get their political asylum. He couldn't be there personally because it was the last day of President Clinton's impeachment hearing, but ABC and NBC News were there with their cameras, and as soon as they hung up, they ran over and hugged me. And the cameras went right over to me, and they said, who are you, and how do you know these people? I told them the whole story, how I met them and sought their welfare and benefit because of God and what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 12. We went to the gymnasium where they were, there were red, white, and blue balloons everywhere, and patriotic songs were being sung. And when my friends came in, everyone started shouting and shouting, and they were weeping. The mayor of the city said, today, February 12th, is going to be Jukan Family Day in honor of the Romanians. They took an American flag that the senator had flown over the Capitol in Washington, D.C., and in their honor, he presented it to them. He also presented them with papers and said that they were legally able to stay, basically for the rest of their lives. They all gave a testimony and then asked me to pray. I said, there's only one person that we haven't thanked enough yet today, and that is God Almighty. In a park in Colorado Springs, Colorado, seven and a half years ago, I was seeking God, telling him that I wanted to reach out with his love to someone that day. I was led to these Romanians. I then repeated the story and said, God wants to help you. Welcome to the USA. And the way it all came about was a miracle. I knew the right people in the right places at the right time. My friend Kim had made arrangements for Senator Brownback to come and meet me at Andrew Womack Ministries a year before all this had happened. 
She said, you must meet Don Crow. And I didn't know why, and I was very uncomfortable, but little did I know God was setting things up to help a family that he had revealed himself and his love to simply because of the command of Jesus that what you would want someone to do to you, you would do to them. It's a miracle they'll never forget. And they'll tell you today it's all because of God. Anka, the Romanian lady, said, My faith wavered, but God is faithful, and he allowed us to stay in the United States of America. There are multitudes of people right now who are crying out for love. And that's not some fanciful group of people out in some other state in the United States. It's right here in Albemarle, right here in Stanley County. It's your next door neighbor. It's, it's all your neighbors. The only way we can get, the only way we can get it, that is the love, is when you and I make the decision to understand the principle to understand the principle of love from God's word. Love is kind. Love seeks the welfare of others. Just like Jesus sought our welfare when he went to the cross. God bless you today as you look more into these principles of what it really means to love with God's kind of love. Very interesting story. I had a point I wanted to make and now I forgot what it was. It'll come back to me. Anyway, let's do some questions. So I will simply ask you these questions and you, if you know the answer, you can just shout it out. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. Or this is the law of the prophets. Well, if anybody can, can offer this up. In your own words, tell us what the golden rule is. Do unto others as they do unto you. Absolutely. And that's, that's been dummied down and, and, and um, sort of instituted in our schools and whatever without really attributing that to God. That's God's rule. In trying to discover love, many people try to find the right person. Mr. Right. Hmm. (laughs) That's just classic. Okay, so should you try to find the right person or should you become the right person? So I could say we're only supposed to become 80% of the right person. Which one is it? Find the right one or become the right one? Become, right. Become the right person, right. And I knew that before I was even saved. And I'd been through some sort of counseling thing, I'm sure, at some point. And people always say, I'm waiting for Mr. Right or I'm waiting for Mrs. Right. And my advice had always been, why don't you work on yourself? When you become Mr. Right, Mrs. Right will show up. It's kind of weird. Okay. First um, John chapter 5, verse 3. Is love a feeling or is love something you do? It is something you do. can be a feeling, but that's a very, very tiny, tiny percent. 95% is what you do. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. If you told your wife or husband, I love you, but went out and committed adultery... 
would he or she believe your words or your actions? Actions. Always. Always. Unless you're a complete idiot, which I don't think anybody here is, so your actions are going to be believed, not your words. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that was a huge revelation that, that, that Pastor Brian has been teaching on you know, periodically throughout the last year or so is that we didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. And when you were at your worst, that's when God made the decision, I'll send my son for that person. When you were at your worst, when you were considered an enemy of God, that's when he sent his son to die for you. That hits home for everybody if you think about that for a little while. Do you think Jesus felt like dying? No. But what did he do? What were his actions? He went to the cross. Because he wanted to or because he had the motivation to, even though he knew what it was going to do, he still didn't want to do it. It's because he let God take his will. Let God's will be. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. I knew it in my head. I was just waiting for the sign. Okay, so. <laughs> Can we really love God without God as the center of our lives? Or I'm sorry, can we really love without God as the center of our lives? No, why not? Because God is love. You can't give what you don't have. If you don't have any money, how are you going to give anybody any money? Same is true with love. How are you going to give love if you don't have it? You know, we were just singing, you've lost that love and feeling this weekend, remember that? So if, if, if you've lost that love and feeling, how then can you go and love someone who doesn't deserve it? You know, I'm sure Jesus lost that love and feeling, but it wasn't the feeling he was working out of. It was action. Okay. First John chapter 4, verse 8. The one who does not love does not know God, and God is love. So that's really just what we were talking about. If you don't have the love of God in you, then you're not given the love of God. That's the only place it comes from, right? So the reason that we need God to help us truly love others is because he is the only one who is love. Yeah, he's the only one who is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. He's talking about love. Choose from the following words a description of what love is not. This is so easy. Rude, selfish, or unforgiving. None of the above. Rude, selfish, and unforgiving. So, I think it's really summed up in the word selfish. Love is not about self. It's not about how you feel. It has nothing to do with you. You're just a conduit by which you channel God's love 
outwardly to someone else. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Yes, love never fails. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. What is the only thing you will take from this life into the next or beyond the grave? Love. I saw a great cartoon once, and it was a picture of a guy going up a stairway to heaven. And the sign at the top of the stairs said, admission, $2. And St. Peter looks at the guy and says, you didn't really believe that. You can't take it with you stuff, did you? That was a joke. Sorry, I don't have the joke anointing. Yeah, it's just, it's the crowd. It's not me, it's the crowd. Yeah. Got to be quicker, I guess, on the draw. Okay, last one. Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all transgressions. Hatred stirs up strife. Love covers all transgressions. Think about that. There's a lot in there. You do wrong, you act wrong. If you're a total jerk, those that hate you are going to hate you hard for that. But those that love you are going to do what? Yeah, they're going to forgive you. Because they love you, no matter how you're acting. And because they know, you know, you're a work in progress, just like everybody else. So, love keeps no record of when it has been wronged. Love will cover how much of sin? All sin. Love covers all sin. Because if everybody was exercising God's love, the world would be just smooth. It'd be awesome. There'd be no record of wrongdoing. I'm going to got something out of today. So, I came in virtually unprepared. I read a lesson from this little tablet here. And we all can get something from this, some revelation from this. I get some revelation from doing this. And that's the Holy Spirit working in this church. It's awesome. And I thank God for that. So I'd encourage you to take these lessons to heart, reflect on them. And then if you, if you feel urged to teach by you know, please let somebody know that it's not hard. And you yourself will grow immensely from doing something like this as well. So I'm glad I had this opportunity. Nicole, thank you for reminding me it was my day to teach. So let's just thank God for just a moment in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this word. We thank you for the revelation of what it is to love according to your way, not our way. God, just help us to put our flesh down, not be captured by our flesh, but let your will be done. Help us just to connect with you by your Holy Spirit, to connect with your will, to seek the welfare and benefit of others, not just today, not just for an hour after this lesson, but let this become part of who we are. We just give you thanks for your word and your grace and your mercy that you don't keep a record of our wrongdoings. We thank you for your love and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen.